When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, Blenders, and welcome to Real Blend, a podcast that wishes the big twist behind glass was that the movie was good. This (laughs) This is episode number 52 of Real Blend, and by now you should know the drill. My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing director at Cinema Blend, and man, oh man, do we ever have a big, big show for you all today. So let's get right to the introductions. Uh, we're going to talk about glass, um, and and I guess I just tipped our hand of what direction we're going to go with it. First, though, joining me as always, Jake Hamilton, Fox 32 in Chicago. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, handsome. How are you? Is the real- um, no, well, no one ever asks how you are. How are you it's doing? It's true. It's true. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm let down by, by, uh, like by glass. Sound like my parents. But oh, we'll get to this in a little bit. People don't know. Jake skipped school on the uh, first day of um, what grade was that? <laughs> uh, I was in uh, I was in seventh grade when Unbreakable came out. I love when uh, when when we've all done this. You get like your your icebreaker and you use yeah. it. In, yeah, in that's the thing. Is that, you know, you, you there are certain things. Yeah, it's a good icebreaker to tell. But then when you edit all of your interviews in a row, and then people realize that you said the same thing to all the different actors in a row, and, and right. You know, uh, but also and then my thing is that whenever my my parents uh, watch my interview sometimes and my mom is still horrified that I tell people that they took me out of school to see movies. I told right. her that I told Peter Jackson that he that they took me out of school to see Lord of the Rings. He goes, stop telling people we took you out of school. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. Look what I do for a living. It's fine. Also, Texas school isn't like school, right? Uh, you just learn about all the amazing things that Jesus did. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No one has a better icebreaker than Kevin McCarthy at Fox 5, Washington, D.C. The ticket stubs deal. Still a huge hit. M. Knight blown away by your ticket stubs. Yeah. He was like in shock. Uh, was that the best reaction you've gotten? It was stubs? It was strange because, well, the best reaction I ever got was De Niro signing my heat stub because he's like, he asked permission to sign it. But M. Knight... I was ready to move on. Like, yeah, I was ready. I was ready. You know, I, that, it's an icebreaker. It's a moment where, like, I, I, hey, listen, man, this is surreal. I'm with you. I've been watching your movies since I was, you know, since, whatever, 14, 15 years old. And I, I think he was just blown away that I actually had, because I had Signs, Sixth Sense, and Unbreakable. Uh, and Unbreakable, obviously, the key movie there, considering this is the third film in that trilogy. But, um, no, I, I mean, if you watch the interview clip, he basically, like, like looks at him, hands him back to me, and then I don't think he really processed it until after he handed them back to me, and then right. he continued talking about it. Um, it was cool. I actually got um, some good time with him. I was very uh, uh, impressed by the way he answered a lot of the questions in regards to the filmmaking, and um, and we'll get into this when we get to glass. But it's pretty crazy, and this is also known. This is not a spoiler. I think fan, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I, re- I read this somewhere. Um, that uh, this has already been released, that there's unbreakable footage in Glass, which we all know, we've seen the movie now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's interesting because Glass is shot on digital and Unbreakable was shot film. So when these shot transitions happen, it's like really apparent, like going from this 4K or whatever, whatever the HD would be, to this 35 millimeter grain 
uh, which I thought was really kind of cool. So we'll get into that. Um, better icebreaker, the ticket stubs or that time for a long time where you used the uh, bad mother effer wallet? Oh, man. I used to, I, I, well, I did that with <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, I, I, I still feel bad about this. Ryan Reynolds, if you ever listen to our podcast, um, when I Come went on. to... Come on, it, please. Yeah. I was doing Turbo and I, I, I don't think I ever revealed what happened, but I ordered a bad MF wallet for Sam Jackson to give to him because... Quentin Tarantino had told me in the hallway of Django. Dude, I was that, there. Remember when we were writing by the elevator? Yeah. And yeah, we were just having a casual conversation with Tarantino, as one yeah. does. As, as one, one does. does. And this was, this was Jake and I's first experience with Tarantino. And, and we just interviewed <laughs> him, and he's walking in the hallway. And I'm like, hey, what happened to the bad MF wallet? And he goes, well, I, I, I kept it. I was like, I, I figured maybe Sam Jackson kept it. So I remember interviewing Sam Jackson. I think it was for some... I think it might have been Avengers One. He said, "No, you know, I don't, I don't have one." So then at Turbo, I brought him one, uh, and someone told me it's, it's good luck to leave a dollar or some kind of money inside the wallet. I mean, I don't know why I'd be giving Sam Jackson a dollar. The guy has well, is he still the highest? You should never, you should never give a wallet without money in it. That's right, a true right. thing. I've heard that. So anyway, so Ryan Reynolds, I didn't know they yeah, were paired. That's a thing. I didn't know they were paired, so I felt terrible. But I only had the wallet for Sam Jackson, and Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is sitting right there. Now, true story, the wallet never got to my house in time before I left to go to, where were we for that, Jake? In, um, Barcelona. Barcelona. So I ended up using my own wallet. This yeah, is name drop I, blend. I know. Extreme. <laughs> We're not even into the show yet. Like, can we just rewind back to everything I just said and play, and play that for my 12-year-old self? Um, think about, I mean, I would... Gabe, you got to loop that like you did the Dunkirk thing. Just that whole story. Um, so casually no, and, dropping all of this. <laughs> anyways, quick uh, quick ending to it. Um, the wallet never got to me in time, so I actually had to give him my own wallet, my own bad MF wallet, which had been used and sat on for a couple of years. Um, and long story short, I eventually met him a couple more times. Every time I see him, he says that he kept the wallet at his house. It's in his it's in his house. So that's amazing. Pretty cool. The last time I saw these gentlemen, they were uh, tuxedoed and done up for the uh, Critics' Choice Awards in Los good. Angeles. You look uh, real good. Well, let me also tell you that the funny thing about that was I brought a blue suit and a black tie. <laughs> I didn't realize then until I unpacked. That's fine. In LA. Well, yeah, you can do, no, you can do blue and black. Wouldn't have worked. So I, Dude, um, I, wear, I wear a black belt with my blue suit. Kevin's, yeah, I wear, I wear blue and black. I got yeah. a text in the middle of the show <clears throat> from Michelle who said um, that my mom... Uh, wants to know if Kevin's suit is actually green. Uh, she was like, confirm. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can confirm That's that green. it is a green yeah. suit. It was, it was oh, I, great. I got a story about that. Winston Duke, the star of us and Baku from Black Panther, um, I was he was leaving and he stopped me and he goes, dude, we're both wearing green tuxes. I was like, I was like, oh my God. And then, and then I just took the opportunity. I'm like, I've seen the Us trailer 10 times. How did you do the scenes when you had your doppelgangers in front of you? You know, what was it? How cool was it to do the shadow shot on the beach? And he was like, we can't. He was telling me all. It's funny. At the beginning of the conversation, I said to him, this is all off record. I won't repeat what you're telling me, which I'm not going to. Sure. Um, because he was like, I'm not allowed to talk about this stuff yet. I'm like, that's cool. We'll wait for the, the junket. But this, the way they filmed. But that doppelganger stuff is wild, man. I cannot wait to you guys. Uh, um, we'll get into it when the movie comes out. I put out. an email in today to Universal to get Jordan Peele on. Because I really oh, yeah. do think that we should get Jordan Peele on this show. 
He'd yeah. be fantastic, right? Just to talk filmmaking. Send them off our, our Alfonso interview. Yeah, no, I did. I put a link to that. So just stay put tuned. That link in. Hey, we had them on our show. If we can get Alfonso, can we not get Jordan Peele and exactly. maybe Quentin Tarantino? All right, we have stories from uh, Critics' Choice that we will get into later. We're also going to talk about the results of that and how they affect the ongoing Oscar race. We will play a very quick game of Rising and Falling. First, we will begin each podcast as we do whenever we get a review. As a quick reminder, if you guys want to head over to iTunes, drop us a review and a star rating. We're sitting at 76 star ratings and 40 reviews. The latest comes from Skylar HCX, who says, A fantastic podcast for film fans. He writes, or she writes, um, I think it's a he. Uh, I've always been a fan of Sean and Cinema Blend, as well as Jake and the way he conducts interviews during press. When I realized they were doing Real Blend, I gave it a listen and was immediately hooked. I then gave Kevin a follow on social media and found his interviews just as impressive. It's informative, fun, and just a great listen. They discuss all aspects of film from blockbusters to award season contenders. It's like listening to your friends discussing films, and I couldn't recommend a better co- podcast. Keep up the fantastic work, guys. Hey, and I, th- I think that's you. fantastic. Yes, that's thank awesome. you, Skylar. HCX, for continuing to listen. Um, I want to take a minute, too, to just uh, bring up something that we received. Not a review, but a letter from Robert uh, Shivery, who follows us on Twitter and is very active uh, in the Real Blend social media family. And if you guys are not um, over on Twitter following us at Real Blend. Uh, it's a really active community. It's, it's actually yeah. I, sometimes they have full blown conversations and then don't tag us. Yeah, so they're talking on their own. It has nothing to do with it. And then I'll I'll catch one of their tweets because it'll be retweeted by someone I follow, and and I'll go, wait, what are you talking about? And then I'll realize, oh, you guys are just having full blown conversations without us. It's high school all over again. <laughs> I'll make a joke about like. One, like I mentioned, Carrie uh, Case, who is a, I believe it's her last name's Case. I know it's Carrie, uh, who's a huge Mission Impossible fan. And I made a joke on the Real Blend Twitter, like someone should check on her. And then Kalina, who, of course, our unofficial fourth chair, weighs in. She's like, I already texted her. So now they're like texting each other also off the things. So anyway, the point being. I can't even get te- Kevin to text me back, but but they're, but they're texting me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Kevin will, will text his photographs of dog doo-doo and will explain that story. Ah, which, by the way, the you brought that up choice. to Alfonso and it was no, hilarious. That <laughs> I was amazing. I couldn't believe you went there. I was like. I'm going to let Sean take this. I'm going to step aside. (laughs) Robert wrote us a really nice letter. And we just want to acknowledge the fact that it was extremely touching. And um, and I think what it did is speak to, um, in the back of our minds, everything that we kind of hoped and dreamed that this show could become, which was in addition to um, a weekly catch up of whatever the big film news is or us doing our reviews uh, we want to open it up to be more inclusive, and that's why we pushed to do the Hangout, and that's why we're talking about doing some more things in 2019, Of, and that's why we're on social as much as we are and interacting with the people who really react to the show. And so to get a letter like this from Robert, it was really beautiful, and we really appreciate the fact that he took the time to to even put the, those thoughts into words. It was fantastic. So Yeah, it was an amazing letter. I was in New Zealand when it, <laughs> name-dropping, country-dropping. you're yes. on fire today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is bad. I, I need to turn my mic off. No, it's just, um, this I, is your I, life. That's your I'm, life. It's great. I'm I'm country dropping. Is what's happening now. <laughs> um, you know uh, the uh, yeah the letter was amazing, and I remember like Gabe sent it over to us. We all read it. We all uh, participated in the response. Um, so Robert, thank you very much for what you said, and obviously we uh, greatly appreciated you, the emotional uh, element of your uh, of your tw- of your yeah. email. So thank you. Yeah. Yep. You know it's a weird feeling because it's like you know we at least I speaking for myself. I look forward to doing this because I look at it as me 
getting to talk with three of my friends every week about the things that I love most. I'm talking with the people I love most about what I, you know, about what I love most. And so you don't really think of it in terms of, and I, it's, I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea that people get something from it. That you know, you know, that, you know, people. I, I I understand the concept of people dropping in, listening to the conversation, either agreeing or disagreeing, and then and then moving about their day. But you don't really think of it as having any kind of weight to it. And it's still hard for me for me to to wrap my brain around. So that the idea that one, he took the time to write that letter, um, that the contents of the letter. I think we're probably uh, more meaningful than anything I've ever gotten uh, for, in, you know, whether it be uh, on on air or, or posting my stuff on YouTube or whatever the case may be. And it was just sort of like kind of a, a, a nice feeling that for the first time I thought, oh, maybe what we're doing means something to someone. And and even if that's one person beyond the four of us, then then to me, like that's that's made this entire thing worth. It. I'm not trying to like pat us on the back. I'm trying to sort of say just along the lines of like, wow, like it was just very, it was a very like this maybe this maybe this goes beyond just a couple of guys talking about movies. Well, and well, this that's, that's the thing we too. Oh, yeah. go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. Well, that's the, that's the thing though is that we this podcast is literally, in my opinion, an excuse for all four of us to get together and just talk movies. That's right. the way I look at this show. Um, the fact that anybody listens. Is as Jake says, as we all say, is just an extra an extra addition to that. So I mean, if we had one listener, we'd still do this show. Clearly, right? Um, right. I mean, and, that's what it comes down to. If it were to. just Kevin's mom, that would be yeah. totally fine. And I want to bring up Danny, uh, who I've mentioned before, who I believe is down in Argentina, who took a picture of herself like listening to the podcast like on the beach. But it wasn't just the picture on the. But it blows my mind that like someone has on their phone like our podcast on an app and they're listening but then she puts i'm also happy to report there's no sign of pitbull or his music on this argentinian <laughs> beach we that's are amazing. safe so it's like taking a joke that's just so stupid to us <laughs> but like going one step further with it i love it i love wow. that my it's, mom it's was the one who flew down there and bought that <laughs> ticket and, and took that photo she's really gone to the extreme man like like that Robert, that was my mom. Everyone, everyone's my mom. It's it's very well executed and very elaborate. So it's the irony of this is that hasn't your mom never once listened to this podcast? She's never downloaded a single episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news because um, we have some. As if like my mom were like secretly a massive fan and she's actually really upset. That it's, he never it, give her. It's a shot actually out. your mom. It's actually Jake's mom. That's. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to start with uh, the Jason Reitman Ghostbusters news. There's been a lot of huge stories that broke since the last time we recorded, um, and things that we didn't expect. I did not expect this secret Ghostbusters movie that Jason Reitman was working on. Um, and I'm surprised by it for this reason. And I'm not surprised because I know Sony needs franchises, right? So the reason why they're bringing Men in Black back, the reason why they're holding on to Spider-Man as much as they are, if they can make Ghostbusters work, uh, I could see them trying for sure. I guess I'm really surprised by the fact that, yes, Jason Reitman is Ivan Reitman's son, but that he's not made any film uh, that suggests he'd be the guy I would hire for Ghostbusters. And and as the news breaks today and the original cast is weighing in on social media, Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson specifically, not Bill Murray yet, um, really leads me to believe that they are involved, you know, somehow and that they're going to be part of it. So what are your guys' thoughts on the, the news that in next summer there's a, a Ghostbusters movie coming out I mean- from Jason Reitman? The fact that they are emphasizing, really strongly emphasizing, hey, this takes place in the same exact universe as the 1984 original. Why would you lean into that if you don't have the original guys? To me, that says 
the, the, the guys are in, in some form or fashion, the guys are going to be involved. Otherwise, you just kind of say, hey, we're starting clean. We're starting a new thing. We're trying, even though they just did that two years ago. We'd say, hey, we're, right, we're, right. we're giving it, we're giving this another shot. But the fact that they keep emphasizing this is that same universe from 1984, to me, I don't understand how you lean into that and then okay. don't follow up with, by the way, we have them. What if they get Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, but they don't get Bill Murray? Is it the same? I, to me, Murray no. is the deal breaker. Yeah. Right? It has yeah. to. I mean, the fact, the fact that we lost Ramis I mean, is not, yeah. means it's not going to be the same. I mean, that's. I mean, it's already not the same, but Murray, to me, Murray's the golden goose. Yeah. My problem with this news is uh, I, I almost feel a bit secondhand embarrassment by it, and here's why. Um, there's so many people in the world who think Hollywood just rehashes ideas, right? Yeah, dude. Um, and it, it's literally become a uh, a complaint about Hollywood that we're rehashing ideas. Now, listen, Star Wars is going to make a ton of money. We all get that. Um, this news to me, well, first of all, it's completely unnecessary. Ghostbusters 1 and 2, I, I don't need more of that. I liked Paul Feig's movie. Uh, yeah. I have no problem saying that. I thought it was really well done. Um, really cool 3D, by the way. Uh, but I, I, um, I, also, I don't. I do want to throw I one thing out. PJ loves the new Ghostbusters too because he has no baggage to it. He just watched it as a movie, and he was like, "This yeah. is really funny." He thought Kate McKinnon was hysterical in it. I like, just, I, I just don't understand why this needs to happen. Like, like I, I feel like the the four guys need to be together or not. I mean, it, it, uh, that's why I'm excited about Bad Boys. Throw out three because besides Michael Bay not being on on, on it, which kind of upsets me, but um, that that those, those two guys are back, the original guys. I mean, yeah. and, and it's it's a cool concept. I'm excited to see those two guys work together again. Um, but a Ghostbusters directed by Ivan Reitman's son without the four leads, uh, I just don't see why. Like, Do comment I, about that too about Reitman's movies. Do any of them suggest no. that yeah, he should I, be I, making I think a that's Ghostbusters? Fair though, because how many times do uh, do there's a big superhero movie land in the hands of someone that's done sort of smaller? Yeah, look at look at Coogler. I mean, Coog- had Coogler really done anything before he got? Yeah. I mean, okay. anything of that size? Yeah, no, before nothing he got in Fruitvale you know, would so, say. So yeah. You know, I me, guess I, I guess it just doesn't you, so. you can't get me excited that like he's the right person to do it just because he's the son of the guy who did it, right? Like it's not like no, in your DNA there, there to make a Ghostbusters movie. There is something, you know, poetic about the fact that he at, at the age of 6 he was walking around the Ghostbusters set. I mean, like that that's I mean, that's kind of cool. And also and I mean, he's, the, I mean, the thing the, I, the whole reason that they're even making this is we're in this wave now of nostalgia we as adults as grown men so badly want to feel like what we felt like when we were kids that's why all of these series are coming back because they're trying to make us remember what it was like to see ghostbusters for the first time that's why they're bringing all of these it's why all these tv shows are coming back and doing rehashes and and because it's selling because we so desperately want to have that childhood that goes on forever and i think that's exactly what this is they're just cashing cashing in on that and they must yeah, have written the original guys a massive check. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about like it. Like any of for, them need it. First thing I thought about when I heard the news was really like why? Like yeah. what's what? I mean, other yeah, than okay, a here's what I say decision. though. If they get if if all three are major parts, like not, and I'm not talking about like they step in and they're in it for two seconds and they step out. If all three. I will really be honestly. I'll be excited. Yes, it won't there, be the same without Hudson. You address it. You address the fact that he's not there. But tell me, you don't want to see Bill no, Murray go special? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Harold. I'm sorry, Harold. Wait, Ramis. they're not going to do some weird thing where they they do a CG Ramis character, are they? No, oh God, I, I hope not. So. God, please, oh my no. God, please, so. God, please do not yeah, do that. That would be, yeah. I don't think, I don't, yeah. that would be super disrespectful. Um, yeah, I, 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 but tell I, me, you don't want to see. 
you could easily acknowledge that one of the characters has passed away in right. the story. Just do it. Just say, you know, we miss him. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they write a story in about how the characters passed away. Like, I mean, the thing, but I also feel like Raymond, you need the four though. You need the four for the ener- the energy. Those I four know. together were I, amazing. I mean, you know, you know, Ernie Hudson's in. I mean, we, he comes yeah. in studio a lot and I Kevin, I know he's coming to your studio too. And, yeah. and, and you can talk to him and he'll openly say, my phone is ready. I mean, he's, he's been wanting to do it for a while. Yeah. Um, Ackroyd, it strikes me as the type that if you write the big enough check, he'll do whatever. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And then, but but you know, Bert Murray's always been the one that held out. So, do you guys think that he comes back in a substantial role? If you had to put money I, on it, only because Jason's involved. Yes. Yeah, so I'll I say think, yes. I, I, I think Jason has the power. If this was anybody else, no. I mean, Murray wasn't in, in, in Feig's movie, right? No, it he was, was. He played oh, he was. two, yeah, two oh, roles. Yeah. yeah. Two roles oh, that's or right. One role. He comes to the house, right, in the apartment. Like he's he like gets a, thrown out the window in a bad bit where he's like... Isn't he a guy who's against, that doesn't, doesn't believe in ghosts, like on a TV show or something like something that? Wasn't like that, that, that his character? Okay, yeah, I'm trying to remember something now. Like that. It was really yeah. awkward. I haven't seen it in years. That, yeah, the cameos were the worst part of... Yeah. Paul Feig's movie. It was really awkward. I, I, they, they, it, it needed to be just it, its own thing. The the four uh, female characters, we didn't need the uh, the original guys back. It, it felt like it reminded us that this was a, this was a, you know another movie. So I don't know. I am a deeply cynical old man, and so I very rarely get super excited by movie news anymore because I, much like Kevin's reaction to Ghostbusters, like it happens and you process it and then you're like, all right, I guess we're going to be in that news cycle for the next two years. But the confirmation that Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise are doing back to back mission movies was like porn like that. I was like you, I kept saying to Michelle over the course of that evening, I can't believe how excited I am about this. <laughs> she was like, just stop talking about it. But like, that's, Awesome. So, so it's essentially, awesome. let's. What we're getting is one giant four-hour Mission Impossible cut in two, right? We're like, you know, the next ones. I think the 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 next two are the last Mission Impossibles ever. Yes. And it's going to end. The first one's going to end off on a massive cliffhanger because we're going to yes. know the next one comes out next summer, and then yes. that's going to be the finale. And then Tom Cruise can go. I'm done. Yes. I think that's. I think that's what has to happen. I just hope these movies don't peak in the middle like Fallout did. That, that, that's my only thing. I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't. They need, Come they on, need but to be Rogue a better Nation ending. was so good. If, 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 Rogue Nation's Rogue amazing. Rogue Nation and Fallout and uh, are like you have to believe in Macquarie. You, you're Rogue not down Nation, in Macquarie, right? You don't think is, the Ghost Protocol peaks in the? Uh, we can't. I disagree. The sandstorm's amazing. I completely disagree with you. The, 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 sand, the sandstorm counts as the whole Burj Khalifa sequence. The entire middle of the entirety of Fallout is great up until the and then the Arc de Triumph is the is the is the climactic moment in the movie, in my opinion, action wise. The helicopter scene we, we, is we've not done this great. already, but you're, you're, you're not Robinson. great in the movie. I, I love Macquarie. I'm a huge way of the gun fan. Love his riding unusual suspects. Love Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation is my second favorite uh, Mission Impossible film. Fallout was good, but it wasn't great. So I don't okay. know. I'm interested so, to see. Do we think it is more of the syndicate? Because I remember at the Fallout junket, um, I said to McCor, what's the name of the guy who they had to kidnap in Fallout? I forget his character's name. Um, oh, the guy who's oh, the head uh, of the syndicate. Yeah. You know who I mean. Yeah. The guy and with I a said, cool voice. And they leave him alive. Like he, yeah, they he's don't, alive. They yeah. trade him off. So I said to McCor, I said, you know, you left him alive. Like, is, is that a dangling plot point? And he goes, that's someone else's problem to figure out. But it's not. It's yours now. It's, it's, <laughs> problem. it's back in your lap. And I do think it's pretty funny that, like, during the Fallout press junket, he was like, I just feel bad for the next person who has to do this. Yeah. And, and, and it's him. 
but okay. like twice. But you know what's so funny is that, Sean, do you remember, I remember when we were in Paris, like one is, uh, covering the film, and so many people were like, oh, for the next one, you know, he's got to go to space. He's got to go to space. And I was like, oh my God, you're all so stupid. He's not going to go to space. And then when they announced the next two, in my head, I went, I wonder if he's going to go to space. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you, like, how, what do you do? How do you, I mean, like. But he would actually do it too. Like, yeah. He would, oh, yeah. Really like, that's what he would go 100%. to space. Yes. That would be some really big breaking cruise if that if that happened um, if they if he went to space. I'm really happy about that. We well, you know he's not going to go into cruise control on these <laughs> right. movies. I also. Ooh. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of uh, things that make you shudder, you guys are not fans of the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. I will give you the floor to uh, weigh in on on your thoughts on. Well, no, on no, the you take look. this first. Oh yeah, the, okay. You're, you're you're the Spider-Man aficionado. It is, it's awkward in the sense that it's a trailer that just ignores the fact that the character is, is dead or dusted at this point. <laughs> um, and when the news came out of Brazil. Better. Yeah, right. Like the, the reaction to the trailer shown in Brazil at the Brazil Comic Con at the end of last year was just, it doesn't acknowledge Infinity War at all. It just picks up as if it's a sequel to Homecoming. And I thought that's really odd. Um, I got to wonder how it plays and then i watched it and i was like yeah this is really odd like i know that they assume that we think he's just gonna come back um but the fact that they come out with this trailer and people just have to kind of accept it is weird um but i this is a movie this is a spider-man movie that is going to have him teaming with nick fury which i i'm excited to see their dynamic um is bringing mysterio in who i i think is going to be a fantastic villain Uh, i love the fact that they cast jake gyllenhaal for it um, it's more with uh, the cast from Homecoming, which I like all those kids that are in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I saw enough. He's getting a couple of new suits. I'm excited about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I- I'm on board. I saw everything I needed to see. So, I, but you, I, just, Kevin, you're underwhelmed by Homecoming in general. You didn't really like that one. No, no, no. I liked Homecoming a lot. I, I, I think Homecoming is a very good movie. I, I don't think it's... I don't. I, I wouldn't put it in my top ten MCU movies, but it's definitely solid. Um, the limo scene alone is one of the greatest scenes in ever in the MCU. But hmm. that being said, this trailer—I don't know. I feel like I've seen that water villain thing before. I, I, right. I, it just felt like a gigantic CG fest. Like there's a scene at Homecoming where the boat splits in half, and I thought that was terrible. Um, but I thought that the the um, that I don't know, just more water, more. Aquaman stuff and I don't know it, it just it just felt the trailer felt so underwhelming to me and just like another Spider-Man movie it, it just didn't have anything nothing in the trailer said to me oh my god you have to see this like it, mm-hmm. it, it just looked like another movie going through the Spider-Man motions it's gonna connect somehow to the MCU um, and then the Mysterio thing didn't really do much for me. I don't really know the Mysterio character, so uh, I'm an outsider on that. I, don't, I didn't read that aspect of the comic book, so um, I thought I thought his entrance scene was pretty bad in the trailer. It was just which like, one of you said in the text chain that this Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man, works better when he's surrounded by other people. That's me. I, but he's I think, not good on his own. I, I think Holland Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man to ever be on screen in supporting roles. So for example, Amazing in Civil War and Infinity War, clearly, I mean, like that's where I think he's utilized best. Um, I still, to this day, I still think Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man. I mean, that's Raimi. I know, Sean, you have very big feelings on that, but I, the trailer just didn't do anything. I actually forgot about it. And I don't even, it didn't, I didn't have any, I don't know, Jake, where, where are you at on this? And maybe, maybe yeah, it'll be great. I, I, 
I, I'm with you in that. I think, yeah, I was completely underwhelmed by the trailer. I agree. And I am a massive Homecoming fan. I would put it in my top five MCU movies. Um, I honestly, up until uh, Spider-Verse, I would have probably said it was my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, I just think it just felt like it's just another Spider-Man movie, but this time in Europe. So it's just like, yeah. yay. Because it's like, and honestly, like part of me even thought, I kind of wish this was all happening in New York because to me, Spider-Man is so synonymous with New York that now I'm sure. just like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care about seeing him fly around the Tower Bridge. You know, I just, I, I that, that, you know, it being a, on a school field trip to Europe means nothing to me. I think this is going to be an issue that Marvel's going to face after Endgame. Is they have to get people excited about these standalone movies, um, and I'm not sure that they have the. The heat, like if you're not a diehard Spider-Man fan, I could see you not being super engaged with Far From Home, right? We talked about the Captain Marvel trailers that they look good, but it's not like demanding we go see it. And then yeah. after it, you're going to get introduced to teams that people don't really know about. The Eternals, if they do a solo Black Widow movie. Uh, we were talking about today on the site too, at Cinema Blend about the fact that we don't know what the next Marvel movie is after Spider-Man. They have a May 2020 release date. Um, they have three 2020 release dates, and nothing has been announced or gone into production. Oh, wow! That we know one about. One of those is Black Panther two, right? I would assume, yeah. yeah. So that one of them's got to kick Doctor off the Strange. summer of 2020. Doctor Strange two has been talked about. Uh, is Derrickson coming back for that? No, I thought not. No, that he's I've not? Heard. Uh, oh wait, I I think he is. He's directing he it, but he's not co-writing it. I think they have different uh, co-writers. I love Doctor Strange. It's one of my favorite MCU yeah. movies. But if you're kicking off That's the movie summer season, with time. they wanted to kick off the summer season of 2020 with yeah, you don't kick it off with Guardians Strange. 3. Yeah. So so I think that has to be Black Panther 2. Yeah. Yeah. It has a, yeah, to be. Yeah, you're right. Because so their, their April, May Marvel release is always like their big one of the year. Yeah. Unless the only thing I can think of is that because they're not announcing anything until Endgame is finished. But I think they're working pretty steadily behind the scenes with the Fox stuff. Yeah. That if they drop like it's Fantastic Four or an X-Men movie or something that ties in, you know, maybe it's... I, I don't get how you... I really don't get how they're going to work X-Men into, into this Marvel universe. I, I thought it was interesting that James McAvoy said he didn't think they would fit at all. What did McAvoy say? Basically that... Um, the way the MCU is structured right now, superheroes are pretty rare. And if you suddenly introduce the fact that there are people who have the mutant gene and it's thousands of people, it would be really tough to explain. Right, because the whole thing with, with X-Men is that they are, they're they representative of a group of people who are uh, alienated for being different. And everyone in the Marvel Universe is embraced and celebrated for being yes. superheroes. So the very core nature of what makes the X-Men X-Men doesn't work in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's how I don't... Short of stripping the X-Men of everything that they are, I don't get how you take what the X-Men are supposed to represent and put them in the, in the current existing world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But do you know who I trust to figure that out? Kevin Feige. Like, I, if he comes up with he's, a way to do it... He's sitting at his desk right now going, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Sean, Sean, where... Yes. What's our best guess as to where uh, Far From Home is taking place time-wise? Um, so clearly in Infinity War, he's back in New York yes. before he goes up to space. Yes. Um, so are we to assume that this is prior to Infinity War? And if so, what's the point? No, my guess is that whatever happens, in, and I don't know this from anything, 
because we I I will tell people we went to the far from home set and we we grilled them on this like where does this fit? Um, I think whatever happens in Endgame is going to reset enough of the MCU timeline that the events of Thanos's attack are just not going to happen. See, like I don't they, like that. Man. I don't like that either. I don't That's like my that. guess. But then That's again, I didn't mind that with Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just feel like it's a cop out. Yeah, but Days of Future Past needed to do that because so much bad stuff happened in the X Men world. That, I mean, like the, the 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't need to course correct itself. I like well, Rob Liefeld's theory that everyone who disintegrated is still alive. That would yeah. make more sense than resetting things. Well, and this that- is complete speculation, um, but there were set visit photos that showed Paul Rudd in his Ant Man gear on a replica of the Battle of New York from the first Avengers movie. So in my mind, I think that we time travel is going to happen. Of New York. Yeah, and that somehow they'll stop it before the hole even opens. That the hole never gets opened. So is that, is, is that a good excuse to bring uh, Loki back? Possibly. Possibly. So you're, you're so you're telling me everything post Avengers one never happened. Maybe. Wow. Because then someone said, um, I That's think it was Michael Kamens who follows us on social media. He posted this in response to me brainstorming about this. He said, "What if they're able to do a shot?" similar to the five Avengers back-to-back that spins in the circle around them. Yeah. But this time in Endgame, they do it with every character that they have oh, right now. It would God. take 20 minutes to get through that shot. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I would I'd stand and applaud wow. while they're doing it. <laughs> wow. But like if they do a Back to the Future 2 type thing where the heroes from now have to go back to that event and kind of stop things. But again, Do you remember knows? like... 12 years ago when we got an Iron Man movie and we all like <laughs> stood up and cheered because Nick Fury was at the end and he said something about the Avengers initiative and four people in the theater that knew who the Avengers were were like, yes! Yeah. Like, how, how did we get to this point? How are we here? It's kind of incredible. And in fact, I actually thought that Peter Parker on the bus in Infinity War would be somehow going to the airport. Um, and it's just, if they reset it, he never gets off the bus. But right. when he's aren't fighting- Aren't they going to MoMA, um, aren't they? He says they're going to MoMA. Yeah, yeah, so I think it deflates that idea. So I don't um, know. So I, where it falls, I don't know. But um, I think we'll know a plenty after Endgame finishes. Um, last news item. The Academy seems to have made it official that they are not going with a host and they're going to go with a series of celebrity presenters. They're even talking about getting the cast of the Avengers to come and, and yeah, present of the Avengers. one or two awards. I'm not quite sure what they want to do with it. I what, like what, this idea. What if the Oscars, when the, when the all the Avengers are there, that's actually Endgame? Literally, that, that's the movie. We're going to see it literally <laughs> on stage. That, that's the that, that's it. That's Feige's original plan, a whole plan all along. That'd be, that'd be one They're way to on boost stage ratings. And they go, thank you. And that's it. <laughs> that's literally Endgame. I would watch I'd be okay that. with that. I'm okay I, I gotta that. be sorry. I'm a little. I'm a little disappointed. Like I are you? I, I'm a little. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to the Oscars, and I like the host. I like the opening monologue. I, I'm. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said part of me wasn't disappointed. I. I oh no! Uh, I want a host for sure. I'm like, yeah. it bums me out that there's no host. I look forward to the host and like what they're gonna do and the awkward jokes they're gonna make to the actors. Yeah. I mean, that's what I look forward to. I agree um, that I like it, but I'm ready for the show to change. I'm, I'm ready for it to take a, a step in another direction. The show's stale. Like, what if instead of a host and a monologue, they open with Gaga and Bradley Cooper performing Shallow? Like, That'd be amazing. Oh, right? That'd be cool. Right? Like, like, keep it focused on something that's nominated and yeah. open with a big a big musical number. Here's what I'll say. If, they're, um, if they are not going to have a host, 
now is their chance to try anything. Like yeah. they're, 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 they've been trying to figure out why right. ratings are slipping, why people don't care. Make it weird. Like let's like get into a meeting room and go, guys. Now's our chance to just shake up this freaking show. Let's to your point. Let's start out with a big. Let's start out with a musical number that everyone wants to see. Let's get everyone started like excited right off the bat. Like let's go yep. nuts from the beginning. Now is the time to just just take up the show and just just shake it like a snow globe and just see. And if it and yeah. if it fails, then you're in the same place you were last year. But at least you yeah. know. Yeah. You know, yeah. As, as opposed to as you know, as opposed to just doing the same thing over. Now, now is almost a blank slate where you really have nowhere to go but up. And they have nothing to lose. And the best thing about this year, we have no clue who's going to win anything. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jake's except our good friend year. Alfonso. Yeah, no, yeah, he's definitely going to win. He, he could win three and not win Best Picture. I think Rome is going to win Best Picture. I'm starting to feel like I, that too. I don't. I still. Jake's, don't, Jake's favorite movie I of the year. Don't. I mean, it has I just to win. don't on. think it's good. I think it's going to be one of those years where I. I don't know. I just don't see the oh. older Academy members going oh. for Roma. Okay, so right now, if we're betting, you're. Let's do Best Picture. I'm saying Roma. I feel it's Roma. Kevin, you say. I would still stay a Star is Born today. I still okay. do too. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it wins Best Picture without yeah. having won a Best Picture yet. I'm, I'm okay. shocked still think that movie's getting passed over the way it is, though. I got I mean, yeah, like I, gold- th- I thought you guys were about to yell at me. It makes me. It makes me happy that I'm not the only one of the camp that thinks that. See, okay, I, I, so I think that there are three movies right now that legitimately have a shot, and I think they're Roma, Star is Born, and the other one I'd put in is Green Book. I think Green Book right. still. Yeah, yeah. Or what about um, don't, don't don't discount Bohemian Rhapsody, man? Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't win Best Picture. I think I think Golden Globes get, had got too much flack. Don't that. discount I, I, that. Man. I just don't. I just don't think. Uh, I don't think the older Academy members are going to vote for a black and white uh, foreign language film that was on a streaming service. Uh, no, but what I think, like people talk about the off the beat picks of this Academy, re- like where they went with Moonlight and um, what they go with the year before that too. That was kind of um, Shape, Shape of Water, Shape of Water, yeah, Shape yeah. of Water and Moonlight. That they would go with uh, an artistic. It's not like black and white, like The Artist, where we're saying like the ancient Academy, the Most ancient Academy, movie in my of opinion. All time. Right. Well, the ancient Academy, in my opinion, the King's Speech. The King's Speech Academy would go with Green Book, but it feels like these moves to be more diverse over the past couple of years have pushed to some membership that would go with Roma. But Green Book doesn't, Green Book's not like, it's good. It's not great. It's not even the best Universal movie that came out last year. Oh, First Man. First By the man way, all the way. I, I'm holding out hope that that thing gets in there somehow, like Best Picture nomination. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but. It could, I think it could get a Best Picture nomination uh, if, they, if they go to 9 oh, or 10. Oh, it could. Sure, I, okay. I, I want Chazelle to get nominated. I want. I mean, I think Hurwitz is going to win. That's that's done. Yeah, like he that that's, that's yeah. awesome. At least did we something. give it editing? We may uh, have. Did we? I think I, I think we gave it editing. I think Nathan Crowley will win best uh, production design. Yeah, did, it, it, it could get some, some some below the line well, stuff as we were. And here to. your here's uh, cast in a motion picture for SAG, which we know is very important. Now Star this is, is going to go to Panther or Crazy Rich Asians, in my opinion. Stars Born, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Crazy Rich Asians. It, 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 this is, now here's the thing. So I think Crazy Rich Asians or Black Panther wins that. What wins PGA? What and then DJ? We know Alfonso's going to win. Yeah. So PGA what is that? Be big. PGA is going to be big. If Black Panther wins SAG Ensemble and PGA, what happens? Gosh. Oh my then, God. 
then you have a race that's wide open still. Yeah. It's, it's been a wide open race this whole time. I was, okay, so let's shift to Critics' Choice, and I just, we'll talk about the nominees, and then I want to tell some stories from, from the night, because the three of us got to go. Uh, we're members of the Broadcast Film Critics Association. The Critics' Choice uh, was held in Los Angeles this past week, and it's the combination of TV and movies. And I was legitimately stunned that we gave Roma Best Picture. Um, and this, as a proponent of the film, I, I was glad to see Alfonso win director. I kind of thought that was assumed. But I really thought we would go as a group uh, between either Star is Born or Green Book. Because um, we have older members in the BFCA, and I could see them sort of gravitating towards Green Book. Uh, I think Star, in my opinion, really needed that boost, needed to come out of that evening with a win um, in picture. And I think even the fact that Gaga had to settle for a tie, yeah. um, hurts her, hurts her like a little bit. I don't like that we do that. I don't like yeah. that we give ties. Well, what should we have done? Do you think we should have had, do, do we, should we have a tiebreaker in effect? Cause I don't know how I, we would I just, do it. I don't, can I be honest with you? Sure. I don't, I don't believe that it's an exact, tie. I think it's got to get close enough and then we give it to both. Okay. I, I mean, possible. like, I mean, you you remember the board? Do, do you do you does it come down to both of them? Uh, like, does, he, it, does it is it is it an exact like 127 votes over here and 127 votes over here? Because we believe give out that it is a lot. Because somebody said, um, well, is it an even number of members? But that's not what it is. Like, a bunch of members could go with right. some of the other right. candidates. So yeah, I have to believe that it came down to. And then I know that we're able to vote all the way up until Friday night. And then if we had to do a tiebreaker, it would be uh, Saturday. But by Saturday, everybody's sort of traveling to L.A. They're right. getting into town for the show or they're coming in to cover some of the junkets. So I just think logistically it would be impossible to have a tiebreaker. So, yeah, I have right. to believe that they legitimately but had it's, a tie. it's the exact same number of votes, not like, yeah. oh, they're both pretty close. Because we give out a lot of ties. Mm, I don't know. Do we really? I don't know how often we've Didn't we? We had a uh, Sandra Bullock-Meryl Streep tie one time. We had another okay. tie earlier in the night. I believe it sounds like they really enjoyed it. I think the people like, I think uh, Amy Adams and Patricia Arquette made the most of the moment. They were really happy that both of them got recognized. And I, I don't know about Gaga, Gaga and Glenn Close. I think Glenn Close kind of wanted the moment to herself. I, yeah. I think Glenn Close wants it. I think Glenn Close's best performance of her career has been this award season. Sean, would you say that the votes were really just really Glenn Close? I mean, that, that, that's what I'm wondering oh God. if that is possible. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, the Gaga thing is interesting. Good. First of all, what's where did Glenn Close come from? And, the, and here's what I ask about the that. The career. I've been saying she no, was no, no, born no. in Massachusetts in 1960. No, it's the career it's award. The career. But, but, yeah. but my, my point being, though, two months ago, or I'm sorry, before the Golden Globes, no one saw the wife. That must have been an aggressive campaign. Remember, that, movie, that, was the, that was the first screener I got. Yeah, I mean, wow. But here, here's the thing. Do you, this is where I get a little frustrated with award season. This is every award show, not just Critics' Choice, but every award show. It, 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 I, I hate that it comes down to campaigning. I really do. Uh, I, and it's really Dude, nothing. The to leadership do. of our country comes down to campaigning. No, I know, but it's nothing to do with the the, the quality of the film. It's about who campaigns well, and I think well, that, I, 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 yeah, I, it's who it's who go who's I, go who goes to kiss hands and, and uh, kiss. I, I, hands I, and kiss but, I agree with but, that. But 100%. the biggest the biggest but, the biggest example of this is Weinstein's campaign for Shakespeare in Love. Sure, that is like we're talking about. Same by Ryan, which should have won Best Picture. 
I don't think there's anybody who disagrees with that. Um, that campaign was masterful. I mean, they, they, they I think everyone was shocked. And, I, and that's, that, that's where I get a little frustrated with, like, like, I love Glenn Close, and the wife is great. She's great in it. But I'm just, where did that come from? Well, I think, I, 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 I want to say this. I think the three of us give a lot of credit to Gaga, but I do think there are an equal amount of people who watch that movie and, and dismiss that she's just playing a version of herself. Yeah, and that's a problem. I, I, I can't believe people, because it's the complete, Sean, you nailed it. It's the complete opposite of who she is. Um, so much so that it's like, it's unbelievable to watch her go out on that stage and do Shallow for the first time. It's completely the opposite of who she is. But I have heard from people who say, oh, she's I just know. playing herself. I know. And, and I think that's counting against her. All right. So, um, so we will uh, discuss, you know, more of the nominees as we get closer. So uh, this Tuesday, the 22nd but, coming up is the official Oscar nominations. But let's talk about the show. Let's talk about yeah. the, the fun people that we ran into. So the whole night, Jake, Sean, and I are on a text chain Texting about meeting up with Alfonso Cuaron. Yes. So we know uh, the way the show's set up, we're all different tables. Sean's backstage doing social media. Jake's at a table next to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm at a table behind um, Beale Street, which was kind of cool. I got to see Regina kind of win her award, um, which was kind of fun because I was sitting there right behind Barry and Regina and listening to their commentary on the whole show was amazing. Um, but the uh, so we're on this text chain. We all go over to Alfonso a couple of different times. We botch it. Like, there's, n- we're never there at the same time. <laughs> no. Finally, Sean shows up. I'm there. Jake apparently had showed up either a minute after we left or a minute before we got there. Um, so we, Sean we're and I trying are- to do it at commercial breaks. Like right, it, yeah, at right. commercial breaks, that's when the room sort of breaks up and everybody moves around quickly. And, and the whole bit was we had him on our podcast last week. If you missed it, uh, shameless plug, go listen to our Alfonso Quarrel interview. So we wanted to introduce ourselves to the Real Blend guys and get a photo with, with Alfonso. Um, so Sean and I are chatting with him, talking about the 70 millimeter print. He's like, of course I, you know, I've seen the 70 millimeter print. I, I supervised it. And then, and then Sean, I'll let Sean take this from here. This is great. Uh, we were just, the conversation kept going. Like we were just getting into details about the movie. <laughs> and then I finally said, uh, Alfonso, I can't tell you how often we text photographs of dog do to each other in our text chain. <laughs> and I, I wanted to see how I gauged his reaction to it. And he started laughing. But then you asked uh, the question that I was, that so, we've all been waiting to ask. So then I said, okay, that's the in he's amused by this. You right. know, he's not insulted. And I said, so tell us. <laughs> What? How, how did you make the dog do? Like, what did you do? And he said, it's really interesting because we had to come up with a substance that was not poisonous to the dog. Because they kept the, eating it. Yes, the dog kept eating the, do, the dog do that they would put out to get the shot. And right in the middle of his answer, someone comes up and starts talking to him, interrupts the conversation. I don't remember who it was. No, it seems like it was he somebody, knows. It was a big deal. Yeah, we kind of had to like step aside from our dog do conversation and, uh, <laughs> and just kind of navigate away. Um, yeah. But I, I remember, I think we, we said bye. We apologized. Actually, I don't even know why we would apologize. The guy interrupted us. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it was cool. I mean, And that was just one interaction that we had throughout the night, which was kind of cool. Well, so. and Jake, but you got him earlier. Yeah, I ran into it. It was actually funny. Um, we, we were uh, walking into the show as he was walking in. I brought a, a really close friend of mine uh, who who uh, I've known here for years in, in Chicago. And, and part, you know, part of the reason that I actually didn't get over there with you guys is because I was she was so excited and I took a lot of pictures of her with people because it was her first experience. Um, but I, I kind of told her, because going into it, the one picture I wanted was my, myself and Alfonso Caron. 
I said, that's, that's the one guy. She had no idea who Alfonso Cuaron was. Um, and so when I saw him, I said, that's, that's the guy I, I, I want. And he looked over at me and made eye contact and kind of did this thing where like, he's like looking at me, trying to figure out. And she goes, my friend, do you, do you know him? I said, well, I mean, he appeared on my podcast. So I mean, like, it's, it, I, I kind of know him. And so I went up to him and I said, Mr. Quran, it's, you know, it's Jake Hamilton. Good, to, good to see you again. And, and, uh, he goes, I, he goes, I'm, I've been trying to figure out who you are. And I said, well, oh, I, I not really realizing that in both of these situations, he could not see me, but I was like, oh, like you were on my podcast. And, and then I, I, uh, you, I had you, uh, in a satellite interview on my news uh, program, Good Day Chicago. Didn't even think about the fact that he could not see me while doing either of those. And he goes, oh, he couldn't see you for the Chicago one. No, I thought he would see you for that. No, no. Okay. Um, and, uh, he goes, oh, you can't see I, me. I, I thought you were an actor. <laughs> I was like, no. Not an actor. Not an actor. I appreciate it, wait, though. But okay, just that, wait. that moment where my friend looks, is looking and going, does he know you? Because he's looking at you like he knows you. Tell wait. the story about Liefeld now, please, because it's amazing. Yes! Whoa, wait, before we get to that, Sean, uh, so I, I guess, would, would, it, would it be safe to assume that Jake was the person that Alfonso was talking about when we went up and he said, who's that guy that didn't like my movie? That was that's that, that, that That's Jake. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I was yeah, trying sure. to figure out. I, I couldn't, I didn't know that, that you had already gone up to him prior. So I was trying to make <laughs> but, sure. But that, here's the deal. Here's what sure you don't know. Right person. Is that I told him, I was like, now listen, later in the night, two guys are going to come up to you and they're going to claim to love the movie, but they're lying. So get out of the conversation seen as quickly as you can. Have someone come up. And yeah, that's what I said. Have someone that guy was come a plant. up He's and a plant. get you out of the conversation. Because right. they're going to they're hold on to you for as long as possible. So, yeah. And we, and we, we, we did get, to, we, uh, like, Sean and I got to do a sequel to our photo, which was kind of cool, too, because Sean and I actively searched for him at, at, at the Critics Choice Awards for Gravity, yes. got a photo. Um, so it was almost, like, meant to be that we saw him again, got a photo I'm going to put those kinda, two was, photographs well, on the real one. We had a wonderful Twitter freaking feed. time while you were becoming <laughs> best friends. We did. <laughs> and we actually loved the movie, so it was actually perfect. All right, tell me about Liefeld. Liefeld's story is great. Liefeld, who, uh, if you didn't catch, I guess what I'd argue is one of the earlier episodes of Real Blood. Oh, yeah. Uh, creator, creator of Deadpool was one of our first big gets on the podcast. Uh, tapped me on the shoulder <laughs> at the award show and said the following phrase, and I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I was on your podcast. <laughs> I was like, dude. And I was with I was with my friend uh, who I've been talking about. And in the parking lot, I pointed him out to her and said, see that guy over there? He was on my podcast. He, uh, For the record, I, I refer to it as my podcast when I'm with everyone and Fair. don't tell anyone else that I have Fair. that I have uh, a co-host. You should. Um and uh, and so the so you, fact so that you didn't see so you rob Liefeld the people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one doesn't really work though, because it's his real name. I like but, it. Uh, but no, but yeah. So so it was just a, sort of like a really cool. And honestly, around like I think maybe twenty seconds after that happened, Sean walks by, and then Sean. Remember, I grabbed you. I was like, dude. Look who it is! Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Ke- I think Kevin was walking in, and I was like, "Kevin, look!" So <laughs> Rob I don't think I don't think there was ever a moment where all three of us got him at the same time. Well, and what I want—we were all in the vicinity of him. What I, I want—it's funny. I, I, the other day, I was I was reading an article about Rob Liefeld and his favorite Robert Rodriguez movie. Okay. I, I, I thought it was really super strange right. oh, that God. it was Rob Rob Spy Kids felt. I, I I had no idea that he was a fan of those of the of the kid versions <laughs> of uh, Rodriguez's movie. You yeah, know, it was a desperado pun. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> and it almost yes. rained on the awards, but thankfully it stayed Rob Dreifeld. I mean, I was very happy what that I, we, were, we had a we had a nice night. What I know? want to mention about Critics' Choice is that, and and through the eyes of Jake's um, friend who came with uh, him, and this was her first time ever going to L.A., and 
it's a really intimidating night. Like I, we take for we, granted. We forget. Yeah, we go because we forget that because we've we've interviewed all these people throughout the year. You know. Yes, but and even just but like that night, every time you turn around, there's someone who you appreciate. You know, whose oh, yeah. work that you that you adore for some reason, and yeah. so you'll. And it's it's so many people who you just want to sort of go up to, like, oh my god, there's Ben Stiller, oh my yeah. god, there's Nicole Kidman, oh my god, there's Julia Roberts, and and it's it, it's hard to process that it's like the actual people, yeah. <laughs> they're really there. And then yeah. like even people who are just sort of like coming through that like um, Eugene Levy, you know, like is there for Schitt's Creek, the TV show, and he's yeah. coming through with uh, Catherine O'Hara, and you're just like. Yeah. Oh my god! Like in any other time, what are you, you doing just, here? You yeah. just want to follow them. The, the the first man table was uh, two tables over, and from from where my friend and I were sitting, and I, uh, I you know I talked about it on the podcast. I hosted a bunch of events and did a lot of stuff with Damien Giselle and Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. last year, and so uh, I made eye contact with uh, with them, and Gosling sort of like waved and kind of like called us over. And my friend, you could hear her just audibly gasping and go, you know Ryan Gosling. And I was like, yes, yes, I do know Ryan Gosling. But one thing I want to point out, uh, because I volunteered to do social for the show, and this is um, this is so sad that this is still a thing that happens. I worked the carpet. Right. And what I primarily had to do for the people who were photographing the intro, the uh, the entrance to the show is um, point out people as they were coming around the corner and getting ready to, to walk the red carpet where all the paparazzi are. And it was so it started with uh, Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, uh, who were coming in to support Spider-Verse. Then it was Eugene Levy. And part of me was just like, oh, these guys still have to do the carpet like they have to go because it, it was a really kind of demeaning holding pen of people. Right. And they're like just milling about waiting for their time. Um, the people from The Good Place were there. Uh, Rob Marshall was there to support Mary Poppins. But then as it kept going, as the night kept going, it kept bigger and bigger. And it was like Emily Blunt and John Krasinski would come in, but still had to hang out in like the holding pen, waiting for their time to go on the carpet. And then like Ben Stiller would show up for Escape to Danamora. And I'm like, you're Ben Stiller. Like you should just be able to go into the show. And then it got to, by the end, it literally was Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts, like coming around the corner, waiting for their time to go onto the carpet. And it was just a reminder of just like how the industry works, you know, like they still need to stand up there, get photographed. Uh, It's going to be in all the magazines. It's going to be on ET. It's going to be all over the place. And it's part of the process. And it's just staggering to to have. You you also have to imagine that they want that because if if you're an actor, if you're Julia Roberts, and you don't want to wait in a holding pen, you're not going to wait in a holding pen. Correct. You get dolled up, you go to these things, you kind of want credit for doing it. Yep. What it, were, uh, Sean, were you back there when the Rob Tyfeld happened with um, Lady Gaga and Glenn, and Glenn Close? Yes, you, I was. Did you photograph that? What was that like back there? Um, Gaga was very emotional. Um, she was really... Did, at, and did she cry, Feld? She cried, Feld. Oh, my Feld. God. She cried, okay. Feld. Um, <laughs> I have video of that on my Twitter feed. People can go and watch it. There have been a lot of comments underneath the video that I took of them that say Glenn Close is holding on to that award uh, a little too tightly and not letting Gaga get her hands on it. And there's even a bit of a playful slap away from the trophy. And so... Uh, oh, wow. But I think those two are going to be fine over the course of the awards campaign. I think they're going to get along well but we'll see do you think rob's favorite john cusack film is um don't, high don't, high don't. <laughs> high, 
<laughs> don't lie fidelity. High fidelity. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure out how to live fidelity. Live fidelity. Live fidelity. This podcast would be like 18 minutes if you cut all of these out. I want to get to a topic that uh, was brought up on the Twitter feed um, amongst our loyal blenders and uh, the fun that they have on the feed. And I want to get your opinions about it. Um, and I think uh, the, if you watched us on the Facebook Live, uh, it would kind of answer where we feel about this, but the debate about physical media versus digital and whether you guys are committing to building a digital library or still support actually owning something physical. Uh, Kevin is surrounded by a backdrop of oh, DVDs. I, I, I would never own a physical copy of a Blu-ray. I am also. I, I think it, digitally I'm mean? I'm kidding. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I, I, I am completely on the side of still buying physical things. I still buy CDs. Um, I still buy, I even have a collection of VHSs that I still keep. Um, but no, I, I, I like taking the case out, having the book art, opening the case up, taking the Blu-ray, putting it in the player, going to the menu, listening to the music in the menu. Uh, sometimes I'll put the music on the menu and just do things around the house because I want to hear the score. Um, no, I, there's no chance you'll ever have me go full digital. Never. Jakey, where are you at in this? I've started making the transition over to digital. Okay. And I started making transition yeah. away from being your friend. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's okay. Brother, we're looking at that in the rearview mirror, man. Uh, no, but it, I mean, here's what I'll say. Is that if it's a movie I really care about and there's a good looking steel book coming out to, let's say, Best Buy, you know, like the steel book exclusives. I'll go pick that up because it'll, you know, it's nice to have. But honestly, I can't remember the last time I went and plucked a movie off of that shelf over there and put it in my DVD player. Is, I do it three, four times I, a week. Well, I was going to ask, is it a space thing? Because, I mean, I'm to the point where I'm overrun thing. with things. Yeah, but also the convenience of if I buy it for seven bucks on Amazon and then I can watch it on a plane whenever I fly to this country. Or you I can, can still do that with your with the Blu-ray copy. You but still then you, the I know, but then you got to put the, you you put the code in. You got to do free. all this crap, and it's just a pain in the ass. And I just it's so much easier to just download off Amazon, dude. I still buy records. I mean, I, I, think, I'm, I mean, I, no. Here's what I'll tell you. I'm still a guy. I can't read a book on a Kindle. I, I have to. I've got to turn the pages. But in terms of watching movies. It's just it's just getting easier to have them have them digitally, man. Like honestly, like look, like that that shelf is what is one of the if you've ever been been in my condo, it's one of the first things people notice when you walk in. It's this big massive shelf that has all these movies on it. And the one thing you'll notice about it is a lot of them are stolen plastic. And a lot of them Dude, have dust on them. When I was at when I was at Jake's place for the first time ever, I pulled a movie off his shelf and watched it. I mean, that's what yeah, I Yes, that's I, right. That's right, yeah. you did. Yeah. <laughs> it was The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Before I went down to the street and did my photo. Was it in package, original package? No, I, I'd seen it. It was, it was actually, I have a really nice um, uh, collector set of the three of them. I agree. I can't think of the last time that I've purchased a Blu-ray, but I'm lucky enough that, like, they get sent. I get sent. Yeah, and that's the thing too. A lot of them get video. sent to us, so that's yeah. you know that's also a thing too. You don't. You, uh, you're, you're not a. Steel, so I'm, a I'm a fan of the steel books. I think the steel books are cool. No, I never. I, I think I think Ready Player One. I like them. Ready. Yeah, the the Ready Player One steel book is the last movie I actively went and bought. Now hey. I, now I bought uh, at Bad Times at Their Royale digitally over Christmas, so I could watch it with my parents. And here's the beautiful thing. I bought I bought it at my parents' place on my Amazon account so we could watch it there and now I have it 
right there on my TV. So digitally, where does it go? Up. Where do you keep it? Where are you keeping it? Go, it? It's in my Amazon account. Okay. No, so, see, yeah. I can't do that. It makes me feel so I can Now I can like pull up Amazon on I my iPad it. and just download it here. I used yeah. to, you have to have the physical. I don't understand the physical copy. I and like not, having and not physical all copy. Blu-rays come with a uh, digital code. Yeah. But I don't watch movies digitally, really, to be honest. I watch them pretty much practically with my Blu-ray player. Um, I I don't know how digital copies like work. You're just adding a middleman, dude. Uh, you can get commentary. Yeah, you can get commentary. Well, like, yeah, you can get special features. features. Yeah, you get all the special features and everything. Yeah. No. Like, like, and, like the only difference is when I'm ready to watch it, I get on my fire stick and press play, and you have to physically put in a DVD. And I just... I'd, I'm getting the I'd rather, do, I'd that rather do that. See, I don't, dude, I, I... Nothing makes me happier than walking down my basement steps and coming to my Blu-ray collection yeah. and looking for a movie. I, that's how it I feel, too. It reminds me of being at Blockbuster. That's how I uh, feel that, too. I like to no. just sort of look at the shelf and see. Yeah. The only thing there's overkill in that I have multiple copies of things because, especially Disney stuff... Disney will keep putting out new versions of things. So I've got like five copies of like a Peter Pan or something like that. And it's like, why? But again, with me, it's, it's the kids. It's the boys growing up. I've got a lot of family stuff and animated stuff. And, and also, too, I was uh, in my 20s really impulsive about if I wanted to see a movie, just going to buy it. And buy mm-hmm. it, watch it, put it on my shelf. And yeah. then that's the last time. The beautiful thing now about, about Amazon and digital, I can just go rent it for $3. Yeah. And you have it for 48 hours. I get it out of my system. I watch it. And then, because that's probably really the only time I'm going to watch. You know, I I just I can't. I don't. You know, I just. It makes me anxious knowing I don't, I would I wouldn't I don't have it. Like I I, I, I and also with with CDs I like reading the books. Um, and the same thing with Jake said about books. I can't read a book on digital. Platforms. I am, I, I, I will I will die on that island. I, I you know what I'm starting do to do is I'm putting things in collections. So like I have Force Awakens and then I have Rogue mm-hmm. One. And then I have Solo. Why do, you, why do you have that one? But what I realized is that I didn't have Last Jedi because I got it sent to me as a digital code. And it's weird. Like, I don't like having right. an incomplete collection. Okay. To That's point, weird to so me. So I, I, uh, I have all of the Star Wars steelbooks. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe Solo is the last steelbook I bought. So now, because I have all of the Star Wars steelbooks, now I have to keep buying them. Yeah. Because I can't, even though I wasn't a massive Last Jedi fan, I had to pre-order the Last Jedi steelbook. Because I, yep. I, I, I could not have it in the collection, so now I do. I there is a weird OCD all to yeah. all of us. And di- didn't the steelbook for Solo come with like a thing where it opens up and it repeats that name scene? Like well, every time you open it. It's a sticker and it says, hello, my name is. Is and you write Han, Han on and then it. you write and then you write Sola. Okay, okay. I was just you curious know one thing it looks. didn't come with is a new host of real blending. That's a bummer. <laughs> you guys are about to need one. Kalina, step up at your time. Let's get to uh, this week in movies, and there's only one film to talk about, and you've been waiting for this moment. We're gonna dive into Glass. M Night Shyamalan's 19 years in the making sequel to uh, Unbreakable. We will not get into any spoilers here. Um, All we're going to discuss is uh, our reaction to it and whether we think that you guys should go see it. Um, I would like to go first. The boys got to go uh, and see it in New York City. They texted me immediately after their reaction. I have not let them know how I feel about it yet. Um, Sean, before you get to your review, did you hear about M. Night Shyamalan's favorite David Fincher movie? No, I didn't. What is it? Uh Oh, M. Fight Club. Yeah, M Nightclub. I was, uh, I was so (laughs) disappointed in Glass. Um, It's, I would go. My rating would be two out of five. But what, what, what I'll say about it is that 
I have not seen a movie crap the bed faster uh, in a long time because I was on board with it for a, for a while. I'll say about an yeah. hour. There was a point where I looked at Kevin and went, "Dude, Jake I'm and I were like, this is great." This. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. And when and some of the early criticisms that I heard of it is that the second act, the middle act, where they're all in the um, institution together, is too talkative and and it really slows down. But I was interested in where it was going. I like that. That third act is a disaster. <laughs> and and the twist, which we won't talk about, um, negates everything in the movie. I'll just say that. It negates everything. It's, it's, so someone tweeted today that the, the, I'll die on this hill, they said, that Glass is the smartest M. Night Shyamalan movie in a long time, if not ever. And I cannot figure out how anyone comes out of Glass and thinks that it's the smartest thing that this man has ever written. I would put it behind... <laughs> Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, The Village, Signs. Um, Why do I feel like Glass is about to be the last Jedi of the M. Night Shyamalan universe? Because I'm finding a lot of people that are, people every person that doesn't like it, I'm finding quite a few people that are stepping up and defending it. I'm sorry. It's so stupid. It's really stupid. It is. No, I agree with you. It's a stupid... And here's a... Not to... Obviously, we're not doing spoilers. Yeah. But it kind of ruins everything that I love about Unbreakable. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, and you know, you used a word, you let off your review with a word that I think really sums it up, which is just so disappointing. Disappointing. So, like, I was, like, I, you know, sometimes I see a movie like Venom, and it angers me how much I hate it. I just walked out and was just genuinely almost borderline sad at how much I did not like Glass. It, it, it actually actively upsets me. Yeah. Um, like, isn't like, it, isn't I, it a bummer? Like, yeah, it's such I, a bummer. I feel... I'm like a little depressed about it, to be honest. Like, because like, first of all, we're talking about well, Unbreakable is my favorite M Night Shyamalan movie. Um, I think that Split was good. I didn't think it was great, but Glass. And it's the thing. Like Jake and I literally said to each other about an hour fifteen in or so. This is this is cool, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. Yeah, like the opening's amazing. I I love the middle section. Um. But man, that script is bad. Yeah. Like, like I don't know like, what. Doesn't it make you happened? wonder? Like with M Night Shyamalan, dude, have you ever heard humans speak? Because your character <laughs> is speaking in such a way that no yeah. human has ever spoken to another human. And they kept rep- like my problem with Glass is that it treats the audience as if we're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. It is. It is completely overly explaining every single little thing. Sam Jackson must have repeated this one line 15 times, which I won't get into. Um, And then on top of that, you know, listen, the other thing that makes me sad is that McAvoy is so great in this. He's so good. Like, he is unbelievable in this movie. And it's like, it's like, why couldn't they give him something better? But... Well, but I'll say yeah. one thing about McAvoy because I think I think he was brilliant in Split. I love what he does with the personalities. But there but there was a moment in Glass when I thought, "Well, oh, you're even ruining this for me." Like I can't, I'm even tired oh, I, of him switching at the different personalities. That well, I don't think it's, that it, I like that. Like, it doesn't have the same wow. Like remember the first time you saw the Transformers transform and and the first Transformers? Yeah. God, that was God, I use that word a lot. It was magical, and then it lo- kind of loses its appeal by the time you see Transformers Two, because you're like, okay, I've seen it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. still super impressive what McAvoy's doing, but it's not as impressive. I still think seen he's great, but it, but it, it even wore that trick 
down. I will say, so... I kind of felt like Bruce Willis wasn't playing Dunn the way he... No. Like, it felt like a different character. And I get 19 years has passed, so like there's a good chance he's a completely different person. Sure. But it didn't feel like he was that same guy again. Yeah. Right. And Willis was an afterthought. And, he, and I will say this uh, on a positive note. Um, there are some really cool shots in this film. Sure. Um, it's very well I, made. I, 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 I like the uh, I liked bringing back unbreakable footage, um, which is out there. It's not a spoiler. Um, even I believe Jake was saying some deleted scenes as well. And I think um, I think there there are shots that and this this is a particular clip that's been released uh, where uh, Sam Jackson's character is wheeling his wheelchair forward as McAvoy is beating up a bunch of bad guys in one shot behind him. Really cool sequence. Like like there's some awesome scenes yeah. in this movie. Like the first, and that's the thing. Like I feel like. That this is what frustrates me. Like we're all talking relatively negatively about the film, and someone's gonna go see it, and they're and they're gonna be sitting there for the first hour and fifteen minutes, going, "Man, those guys are so wrong." And like that—that's how I feel like people are gonna. Be and thinking. then the third act's and, gonna start. And then the third act. I, I I don't I don't know what happened, but and even Jake and I were sitting there going, like there were like some bad lines, like. Ugh. It's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's okay. We'll, yeah, there were some lines. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a pass. It's fine. I'll, I'll, like, because, it's like, okay. Because I want to like this movie. Just a bad line. Yeah. We want. I actively wanted to like it. Guys, I wanted to love this for, movie for a while. I was literally because sometimes in the in my mind I'll be doing my star ratings. I'm like, I'm gonna give this four stars. Like, am I gonna be crazy that I give this four stars because everybody's oh, crapping was, on it? And I was like, yeah. this is this is really great. Yeah. And and it's hard to to talk <laughs> right now. Like, we'll get in, we can get into specifically the spoilers. Next week, because I want to talk about the twist. I have to talk about the twist. Like, I have to. I got to get into details about it. Because I think that there's also things about this that blow my mind about the fact that I think the budget on this was like $5 million. Like, there's no... 20, I think, I think it was, it was 20. 20. There's like yeah. three employees at this institute. And there's no other patients. Like, I just don't think he could afford extras. <laughs> it's so... It's dumbfounding to me that I'm just it like... It does feel very small. Yes! Like, you're, you're talking about a gigantic opportunity yeah in 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 the sense that like he he wasn't like doing marvel movies because i think because to to answer your point he he was asking i think was it was it you that asked him kevin about being with the marvel like could these characters exist with the marvel characters and he said no because the marvel the marvel characters are actual superheroes that that can do fantastic godlike things these These characters are are extensions of what humans can already do Right, and it's, and, and that, it's it's what humans yeah. can do turned into. I, I, I like that. I think that's a cool idea. Yes. that these guys are are they're doing things that are not impossible, but that see that that's cool to me. And like there yeah. there is so much to do with this movie that just doesn't get done. No. Right, and and once we're able to sort of discuss the twist, I think that there are some really interesting things he's playing with. Um, but they don't necessarily come to fruition. All right, since we can't talk about spoilers, let's just leave it at this. Would you guys recommend sending people to Glass this weekend? I feel like you you have to see it. You can't not know how it ends. I mean, I would never tell someone to read two-thirds of a book and then put it down. Uh, I mean, even though I didn't like it, I've got to tell people to go see it and see it for themselves. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I gave it a two and a half out of five. I think, Jake, you're probably on the same label. Same thing. Yeah, I would also give it two and a half out of five. I think that there's no way you shouldn't see it, but I hope that the reviews that we've talked about come from a place where we love... I mean, I I, I love M. Night Shyamalan, okay? I love Lady in the Water. I love The Village, Sixth Sense, Signs, Unbreakable, everything. Um, I am not a hater of his work. 
Um, I wanted to love this movie, as did Jake. We were actively trying to like it. Um, and the thing is, there's greatness in it. And then there's really bad things in it, unfortunately. So um, I'm with Jake. I, I, I say go see it. Just manage your expectations. Um, and we and, already... and don't get excited by the first hour. Yeah, because the, the first the first hour and and fifteen minutes is really really great actually. So um, I I'm wouldn't a, call it a I don't I would not call it a horrible movie. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call it, I wouldn't even call it a bad movie. I think Jake and I. It's a movie. Are disappointed. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. I, Underwhelmed. I'm also going to say see it, but I think even with lowered expectations, it's going to be cripplingly disappointing. Yeah, yeah. That it's third not, act it's is. Not the, it's, it's not happening bad. bad. It's not happening bad. It's not Airbender bad. It's nowhere near the level of badness of those two films. So if you're trying to find out where that's, it is, that's true. It, yeah, he's made worse. That's trust true. me. I would agree with that. Yeah. But he's made a lot better. He made a hell of a awesome. lot better too. He's made a lot better. True. Um, all right. Yeah. This week's uh, blend game was a really fun one um, because, especially for the way that it inspired conversation. And I put something on the Twitter feed uh, earlier before we recorded that that it actually broke the blend game and how we uh, view. That it's played. So when we because first we're started just changing the rules, apparently. Well, when we first started doing the blend game, we picked best, and we would argue um, from the standpoint of this was the best film or best performance that a person gave, and then it led to a conversation of the actor can actually only really control the performance, and if we do director, it's easier to do best. But when you pick a performance or an actor, you have to sort of go with performance because they can control it. Then halfway through the game, if you've been listening this whole time, Gabe shifted it up on us in a smart way, I thought, and, and made us do favorite. But what we didn't realize until today was that we didn't realize whether we were doing favorite performance by a person that we selected or the favorite movie that the person has been in. I've been doing performance. Yeah. I think Kevin and I have both been doing film. I've been doing favorite what movie the that hell, person's guys? in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've also been doing it with limitations. Like, for example, if someone shows up in a movie for two minutes, I don't count that. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about major leading role of that person. I also uh, bet most of the time, favorite performance by the person and favorite movie that they're in would be the same. No. And, I, I like, feel like that happens less than you would think. Maybe. But to, Jake, to, to Jake's point, for example, if someone said to me, if we did Bill Murray blend, right? Um, which, which I'm we sure should, we'll do in the future. We should do, yeah. Yeah. But, like, for example, my favorite scene favorite scene he's ever done was Zombieland cameo but is that my favorite movie he's ever been in probably not right but no, but, but, I, but my but my thing is like hypothetically tough. if we were to do Tom Hanks we did Tom Hanks best but if we were to do Tom Hanks favorite I would say favorite movie Road to Perdition favorite performance Castaway but then but but then where's your where's, what's his best performance Castaway also Castaway Okay, yeah. so that's where it's a little bit confusing then because well, I, yeah, Keanu Blam was pretty tough. It was and, and, tough, and, yeah, and, and I think that's why it elicited this clar- clarification, which then brought about a whole other thing this morning on on. Uh, yeah, my God, if, if we if, have if, to if say you listening segment. at home, <laughs> yeah. should be a part of our real blend text thread. You would we, hate us after about twenty. I minutes. I stand by what I said too. I can. I also stand, stand by that you were have wrong. to save that for another show because that's a great conversation that we have to have. We're already an hour and a half into this one. Um, let's do Canu blend, and we're gonna break the rules in this instance. If you have a favorite performance and film, and they're different, give them. Give them because I want to hear your, okay. your. Well, they're different. Mine are different. So go ahead. So you get to go first. I'm gonna let you. Pop damn. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> my favorite Keanu Reeves performance is John Wick. Okay. I think. What he blends, what he blends, what he brings nice. to, hey, there we go. What he brings to that performance 
uh, is one, what we know he has, which is just being an overall badass. But he also has these levels of humanity to I mean, he is a guy who is killing people because they killed his dog. And you tell me that anyone out there that has a dog doesn't relate to that and doesn't empathize. And I feel like he brings this level and this also this sense of mystery and mythology to his character. Like you look at this guy and you just think there are so many more stories behind this guy that we're not getting. And that's what I love about the John Wick movies is that it sort of, it tickles you with a little bit of mythology, but doesn't give you everything. It just sort of hints that like this guy has a backstory and we're going to tell you just enough to get you through this story. And I feel like he really delivers that in his performance. He's not looking at you telling you, he's not pointing at different, you know, he just gives you enough. And I think it's a really good balance. I mean, he doesn't want to be killing these people. But he has to, and I like that, and I just think it's great. If I had to choose my favorite movie that he's in, The Matrix. Far and away, I mean, game changer. I mean, there's not really anything I can say about The Matrix that hasn't been said over the last 20 years. You think that's Um, the best movie he's been in, or that's your absolute favorite movie? That's my favorite movie that he's been in. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gabe hates John Wick 2, by the way. I want to point out that Gabe hates John Wick 2. Hates it. Why? Why? Hates it. I don't know. That's Why? almost as wor- as bad as your opinion about Forrest Gump. Listen, How do you hate John Wick too? It's amazing. He hates it. He told oh me before God. the podcast. He doesn't talk on Gosh. the podcast, so he'll never I be love- able to explain to us why he hates it. <laughs> but he every every it. week we should start a. Did you know that Gabe thinks this <laughs> segment? And just say something just wildly wrong, <laughs> and because he'll never be able to defend himself. Yeah. Uh, do you- is, how do you how do you pronounce Gabe's last name? I'm, I am curious. Klostefiner. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Spelled differently. <laughs> it's Klaus Definer. Well, weird. I don't get it. I don't. I, don't, I just. How do you up. pronounce Gabe's last name for real? I think it's Kovacs. Is it Kovacs? Kovacs. No? He says Kivax. Hold on. He gave me a phonetical spelling. Okay. He said, "Move it the f along." Oh, fanatical. Wait, give me a fan. What is my phone is messing okay. up? Okay. All right, Gabe. Kevin, you get to go next. All right. Um. You didn't talk. All right, anything. so my. The best Keanu Reeves movie is The Matrix. Okay. I mean, there's no question. And your favorite. It's, uh, no, I think my my favorite's different, actually. Well, good. Give Um, give me both. I constitute my favorite. So first of all, I want to go on the record and I I, want to say Keanu Reeves is a great actor. And I think he's very underappreciated. And I think he's made some amazing movies. Um, I don't like when they, when people dumb him down in the sense of like make him, just the Bill and Ted guy, or like he has no range. I think Point Break. I mean, like, like listen, he has had some bad line delivery, but he is awesome. I, I love Keanu Reeves. I'll see anything he's ever in because he's just that great. Um, that being said, my favorite Keanu Reeves movie is again, it's a personal reason is Speed um, because it just blew me away the first time I saw it. Um, now I'm talking about overall film. I love his role. I love his romance with Sandra Bullock. I love the intensity of that bus, which is essentially almost practical. I love the relationship he has with Dennis Hopper. That whole situation. Um, I love the beginning. is a perfect action film. It's incredibly well done. And then also, um, just the it's whole a great concept. Score. A great score. Yeah. It's a tremendous If you think score. about the concept of speed, it's brilliant. Because you're essentially, in the back of your mind, always in an intense state of mind, wondering if they're going to make it. Yep. And then they infuse story. 
And then Hopper is just relentlessly brutal when you you kind of hope maybe he'll go one way, but he doesn't go the other way. I love that fighting element between him and, oh my God, the way he kills Dennis Hopper, right? He t- puts his head up to that thing yeah. in the subway and it decapitates him. Um, but the baby is, carriage gag. The baby carriage gag is one of the greatest oh, gags in a mainstream action film. So yes. good. Then, oh yeah. God. That, dude, that cans. They're just cans. They were only cans. Yeah. How good is Jeff Daniels in that movie? He's and then, like the whole, be- the whole beginning elevator yeah, yeah, That moment where pop- Jeff Bridges knows he's about to die. Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. My God. Yeah. That's a great sequence. Yeah. That that is one of my favorite action movies of all time. And well, it's John Bond too. Ma- John Bond, who's a genius. Like I mean, yeah. he's totally uncelebrated. You know, as an action. And listen, I think The Matrix is an overall better film. But if I would pop one on randomly, it'd be Speed. That's my favorite movie. Of do his. we do we all three not like the the two Matrix sequels? <laughs> Where do we stand on this? I like two. I I I like two as well, and I think three we, has moments. I think three yeah, has moments yeah. of greatness. The, there's a car chase in two that was amazing. Oh, the there's three-way a, the, scene is oh amazing. God, and I, I always dug the uh, multiple Agent Smiths. And I, I, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, there, I mean, there are moments of two, uh, and I even think three. His battle with Agent Smith in the rain at the very end is pretty badass. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't want to spend that much time. Was it called Zion? Zion, yeah. 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 I didn't find that place. I just, yeah, I mean, you just know intriguing. that place smells bad. I just wanted to get out of there. As quick <laughs> I don't as believe that the Wachowskis had an idea for a trilogy. I think that oh, the first they movie was did not. Yeah, the first movie was so big, and they were just compelled to continue the story, but they didn't do really you guys, know where it was going to go. We, uh, we, we should do this one time on the show, and I don't know what we would call it. Maybe like rewind blend or something like that. The one movie you wish you could go back and watch again for the first time. Oh, nice. And That's I feel great. like Matrix. What Matrix would be. Way up there on that list. I don't know what I I, I had to think That'd about. Be a good one. But like, what if you could watch one movie again, erase it from your mind, and rewatch it for the first time and experience it? Like, I'm so jealous of anybody who's just starting Breaking Bad. I'm like, I'm so jealous. That yeah, you, get yeah. to, you get to feel that. I'll tell you a funny um, Matrix story. So Michelle and I got married in 1999. Believe it or not, going that far back. Um, and the day I saw the Matrix, I dropped her off at her sister's house and she was having a they were having a bridal shower for her so she was going to be about two hours and i thought okay great i'm going to run over to the theater and i'm going to see the matrix for the first time and i came back and she was trying to show me all these amazing gifts that we got and all i did was like tell her the entire story of the matrix so I was like, <laughs> you, you you're not going to believe this it was the most amazing thing they go into this computer program like i'm describing like at the end with the helicopter where he's like being pulled into, and it's like just yeah. an idiot it, it it blew my mind it blew my mind and the, i couldn't even process the, the marketing for that film i'll never forget being in my brother's room he had a little 13 inch tv with a vcr in it and they were running ads for the matrix and the the brilliant of that brilliance of that marketing was remember the end of the ad what is the matrix it was yeah. it was a perfect uh, way to do that but then you had these incredible special effects shots of people dodging bullets and you were like what the heck is this I went to AMC twenty four in Hampton with my dad my uncle and my brother and there was a four realm theater uh, element near the concession stand and I walked in the wrong theater during the helicopter crash sequence when the helicopter goes into the building that was like liquid yeah, yeah the yeah. building like, 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 like there's a wave of yeah. glass it was so crazy <laughs> um, and I remember the usher literally pulling me out of the theater going you walked in the wrong theater you're gonna ruin this movie for yourself I'll never forget that because it was, awesome. was supposed to be across the hall and then when the movie ended I think I was 14 
my dad and mom were very strict about me buying R-rated movies. Um, I was like, Dad, we're buying this. I need to watch this a thousand times. Uh, and then we went to Pizzeria Uno afterwards, and I kept <laughs> telling my dad, I'm buying this. He goes, no, you're not. You're not seeing that again for a while. It's too violent. Uh, I, 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 think about the vivid memory that that movie created in my mind. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like, I, I can't think of a lot of movies that, like Terminator 2, there's a lot of films that have like staples in my life. That one was big. Well, I, that I, was, yeah. I didn't pick it for either of my things. Shockingly wow. um, yeah. for, for be- best or favorite for, well, for favorite movie that he's in. And I can't tell where you slamming it. I'm picking point break. I freaking I know, love I, point. Break. I know. I love point break. No, oh no, I, I, no, no, FBI no. agent. No, 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 no. My point about point break was there are lines in that film that are delivered very cheesily. Sure. And, like people make fun of the way he said things in that movie. Like it wasn't good line delivery. I will forever defend Point Break. I thought I think Point Break is one of my favorite action movies ever. And so, it's, I was in a band in college called The Ex Presidents. We were named after the Point Break characters. That's so awesome. it's like I'm a huge fan of that movie. The <clears throat> uh, Point Break is my favorite movie that Keanu Reeves is in, and it's just it reminds you um, how great of a director Catherine Bigelow is. Oh um, yeah, I forgot she did that. That's a great yeah. Oh. So their bond, yeah. you know, Swayze and and Canary's bond is incredible. I've so I've good. said on the podcast multiple times that my favorite genre is like the buddy action comedy. Um, that has it has elements of that, but it's more stripped down. Um, but the and, and people talk a lot about the foot chase scene and the way that they shot the foot chase scene is unbelievably incredible. Um, but the skydiving scene, the skydiving scene is unbelievable that you know they leave him essentially wounded in the airplane and they leave with all the parachutes and he has to jump and catch up to him midair and tackle him like it's mind-blowing how well it's done but the story is incredible fallout yeah right exactly like when people are making a huge deal about the fallout sequence i'm I'm always like yeah but Catherine bigelow she did it she did it and probably did a little bit better too like with the way that it concludes I, I might say that it did it a little bit better. So that's my favorite film that he's in. My favorite performance of his, it's Bill and Ted. I, I love him in yeah, that movie. Uh, that's because a good answer. He makes it such an endearing, you know, like so many people play that idiot, but he's so captivating, you know, yeah. and, and endearing as it. He's funny, he's lovable, he's so innocent, and it's just. And then, like, that was early on, so we were just like, is this who this guy is? And now we know he's not. Like, he's so much more. He has so many levels to him. So then when I go back and see what he did as the doofus high school, you know, kid who just wanted to sort of pass his history class, it's a brilliant performance. It's a great performance. And uh, so that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Underrated Keanu movie is Constantine. I love Oh, I love Constantine. That actually, Peter, Peter Stormare yeah. is one of my favorite uh, on-screen Satan. So good. Ooh, that's a good that? cinema blend. I saw that one Satan time. Blend. Satan blend. Yeah. I like it. Constantine like, you know, our favorite cinematic is a... Satan? Oh, that's a good Ooh, we one. We should do a favorite that... cinematic Satan and cinematic God. Well, wait, There's then so I, many... I would do Pacino in, in to go back to yes. Theron blend and Spoiler to pull in alert, Keanu dude. blend. It's my favorite Satan. Come on. Doesn't get better than that. Uh, audience picks. Jim Meta went with The Matrix. Chris Folk was said Point Break. And then Danny Gertz, who we talked about earlier, our friend from Argentina, she said Parenthood. Another great uh, performance wow. by Keanu Reeves in that one. God, he said, his career is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, next week, because we are going to continue to discuss uh, Glass... And and his performance in the film, we are going to do hashtag Sam Jackson blend. So we oh will get to my god, oh. that's, a, that's a great one. I, mean, I, I already know mine. 
instantaneously. I think I know mine too, but I don't I know. Instantaneously. He's in so many films though. And I think I my I think, you, yeah. Yeah. We're all gonna have the same one. Yeah. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. All right. Well, we'll discuss that next week and see. So make sure you're starting to play along. And the reason why we're doing, we can't do hashtag Jackson blend is because I'm assuming we'll do Peter Jackson at some point too. So this one is hashtag Sam Jackson blend. We will start playing it on the real blend. But we know Jake's is going to be Jake's on a plane. I mean, that, that, that's already, that's already done. Without a doubt. Right. I mean, there's no reason we need to even have it. That's it. And we know mine is we know mine is Die Hard with a Vengeance for sure. So we'll, <laughs> I love Die Hard. You, you didn't have to band-aid. say Die Hard with a Vengeance. You could have just said the best Die Hard. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm joking. Wait, Jake, actually not. Jake, no, no it's Jake, not. are you with me on that? No, I'm not. I'm not with you. Wait, what? No, are, I just, what are I just we gonna have... to piss off Sean. When are we gonna have a conversation about bad times at El Royale not being that great? When are we discussing that? No, that, we're not gonna have that, that conversation at all. Why would we? <laughs> When's that gonna happen? We have a conversation. There have been some great real blend <laughs> listeners who are catching up with it and tagging Jake and I, which yes. I love about that. Yes, it was on my top ten. It's wait, didn't that person who watched it not love it? it no, Listen. thought it was great. Oh, yeah, there was one guy who watched it and said that he was disappointed by it. That's true. Exactly. Don't, don't need to tell that part of the story, Sean. Head <laughs> over to iTunes and leave us a review. We will read it at the top of the next show. Uh, we'll be back next week where we will have a full slate of Oscar nominations to discuss because yeah. they get dropped on Tuesday. Uh, we'll get into the spoilers for Glass. Kevin has something to say? I have some breaking news. Uh, Keanu Reeves actually just released his favorite Keanu Reeves movie. Did you guys hear about this? No. Gosh, what is it? Oh Point Jake. Most importantly, guys, please tell a friend about a show about the show because we do not want them to miss out on all of these amazing puns by Kevin McCarthy. So until then, I'm so happy with that. Also, one. if you'd like to be the third chair, <laughs> I um, thought actually, Kevin, that you were going to talk about he loved the Jatrix trilogy. Trilogy. <laughs> See, there's so many good ones here. I, I would, I like the Jake Strix, Jake Tricks trilogy. I don't even know how to say that. Point Jake that. is pretty good though. Point Jake is awesome. Wait, you, I, it looks like uh, Jake is a little John sick of these jokes. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But there's a lot happening. Good night, Jake's everyone. face right now. He's good very night, John everyone. sick of this. He's mad that we didn't like the sequel to Unjakeable. Oh, yeah. oh man! I quit. I, 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 I quit this freaking podcast. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.